From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Used to walk up in the fame, but this shit not the same now. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, coming up on today's show. Surprise, surprise, Mike Norvell recruiting really likable guys to the Florida State program once again. Let's bash on Kirk Herbstreet some more and the rest of the Renegade Express mailbag. Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Lunch specials Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's Friday, y'all. Today's lunch special, drum roll, chicken strip basket, hand-breaded chicken fingers, serve with a dipping sauce or toss in a sauce of your choosing. Eight ninety nine at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Also comes with a side dish of your choice. The straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, coleslaw, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. Corey, are you a sauce on the side guy? Or are you toss it in the sauce, then put it in a basket and bring it to me, please? You talking about wings? No, the chicken strips. Chicken strips. Oh, basket. no. You know, the chicken strips, I, I'm more of a – it's a good point. I like to dip them in the sauce. Okay. okay. I, because I like to control. Mm. How much sauce is on them? I like to be in control. I like to moderate. So, uh, yeah. So, sometimes I like to get it on the side. I do that with the fries, too. Get a little hot sauce for the fries, gang. Have you ever had, like, a naked chicken wing? It's crazy yes. how yeah, it's lacking gross. it is. It's just like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. The, the caveman didn't even eat like this. The caveman would have thrown this back. This is ridiculous. But at Corner Pocket, you don't throw them back. They are yeah. too good. Yeah. Uh, Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, everybody. Check them out. Uh, go watch the big game. I'm going to call it the Super Bowl. Come after me, Roger Goodell. I don't even know what the rules are anymore about what, what is the deal with that, man? Is it like if you're if you're talking about like uh, using it to pr- promote something, you have to call it the big game? I think so. Yeah, if you're like if you're if you're having like a Super Bowl watch party like to bring in customers that you can't call it that. I guess it has to be called the big game. Uh, even in, in television, we ha- it was a weird thing. I, mean, I remember some other TV stations in town were like, "Dude, look, I, I saw your sportscast. I mean, you called it the Super Bowl." I'm like, "Yeah, it's the Super Bowl." I'm like, "Well, you're not allowed to." I'm like, "I don't care." I'm like, "Let Madison Avenue come after me." I'm like, "I, I feel fine. I'm not going to lose any sleep over this." Also, the NFL makes like a hundred and ninety billion dollars a year. Yeah. What do they care if Warchant has a Super Bowl party? We're not having one, by the way. But if we were, we would have to call it the War Champ Big Game Party. Our corner pocket would. Can't miss me with that, man. It's the Super Bowl. Everybody knows who Super Bowl it is. It's ridiculous to have to call it the big game. Anyway, that's just me talking. Super Bowl registered trademark of the NFL. The Football League also owns a copyright to the telecast. That's why advertisers use unregistered phrases like the big game or the football championship when hawking a furniture sale or happy hour, for instance. This is well, according to HowStuffWorks.com. So. It's dumb. It's yeah. dumb. The NFL, you have enough money. Yeah. Let other people say the Super Bowl. Warchant.com, your ultimate sell sports source. Won't you hit the thumbs up? Leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, Blue Aviator on the Apple Podcast Network, January 29, 2024, left the five-star review titled Best FSU Pod. Been listening for years on YouTube. Just started listening here. Warchant nice. is the best. Thanks, guys. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, and thanks for the review. Yeah. Guys, you could get your name read. What was that guy's name? <laughs> Blue Aviator. You could get your real name read if you if you want to put your real name up there or whatever moniker you go by. Uh, right. Just leave us a nice review, and Aslan might read it. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's, uh, what a charmed life I have. This is awesome. Mm. 
Uh, I get to hang out with Corey as well. Corey, you're you're well, I assume. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, I'm hanging in there, doing all right. You know, the we- countdown to the wedding. Uh, oh. You know, dealing with teenagers, trying our best, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's all coming together. What's Brady's role? Like a chaperone? Like a chaperone? What do they call those people? Not a chaperone. Like a I- ring bearer. No, he's not a ring bearer. Like the guy, like usher? That, usher, the usher. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no it's not going to be a traditional wedding like that. In mm. fact, it wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be us in jeans under a tree, and somehow Thank now God. Stephanie Thank is God. in a. I don't. I don't even want to guess how much that wedding. A dress Vera costs. Wang. Nice. Yes, ap- apparently she got a Vera Wang, and it is she. It's, she wants to be like the belle of the ball yeah, and man. the talk of the town. It's which a I wedding. Get it, it's a but wedding. it's also it, the whole. Po- it's not the whole point. The whole point is we love each other and we want to. We want to promote that and spend the rest of our lives with each other. But also, like, it's our second one each, so it was supposed to be a little more just like. And it is. It's not going to be very churchy. It's not going to be churchy at all, but it's not going to be, be very weddingy, except for the way her and I are dressed. Okay. Everybody else can wear jeans. Well, and you, too. I guess you're yeah. going to be dressed. You're going to be dressed better than I am. But everybody else can wear jeans. We don't care. But it went from, I'm going to wear a vest and jeans, to <laughs> you can't see my dress. I can't even talk to you about my dress. It's like, what are we? Were we 25 again? Yeah, What's man. going on here? Come on. Come on. It's uh, a wedding. I know, I know. Um, is it is it seminal casual? Is that the dress code? Seminal casual? I've seen that you, twice now. Yeah, you could wear a garden if you want, gang. Uh, but but no, I would think it's just casual, casual. Like I like people to dress like they're going to, I don't know, like Outback. <laughs> Know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. you don't want to walk Longhorn, in there and flip yeah. flops. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to walk in there and flip flops. But you don't you don't need to be dressed to the nines either. So like outback wear. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw this for I think Saturday's booster stop in Orlando with Mike Norvell. The attire is listed as seminal casual, mm. and then the memorial that's going to be held in honor of Mike Martin Senior, aka Eleven, at Hauser this weekend. Is also has the same dress code attire. It's uh, seminal casual. So I guess that's like wear your favorite Florida State sort of stuff. Yeah, like a Florida State polo maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah, because not many people have like a garnet suit yeah. that you would wear at a memorial service, but you got a garnet polo and some khakis you can wear. Yeah. So is it it's at noon Saturday, I think? Noon is Saturday, yeah. In yeah. the softball game that was supposed to start at 1230, they moved it to one. And I think they said it's like right at 40 minutes, right? Like they're going to be 100. I heard Link talking to uh, Link Jarrett talking to Jeff Cameron uh, on the interview. Go listen to that. It's, it's interesting. It's 30 minutes long. Uh, I think he said there's going to be hundreds upon hundreds of former players hmm. that are going to be there. Um, and it's going to be – there can't be that many speakers because they want it. Apparently, Eleven's wishes were uh, no video, no streaming, no photos, uh, no press allowed on the field, and it's going to be 40 minutes. He doesn't want it any longer than 40 minutes. So, nice. um, which is yeah, that's how it should. That's kind of how uh, uh, I feel like weddings and funerals are kind of like that, right? You don't want to yeah. go on and on with either. Yeah. Uh, but but obviously with eleven, Lord knows we we could be there for hours and hours with people. If if you let anybody that had a, something nice to say about Mike Martin Senior take the mic, literally we'd be there for weeks. So that's why they they shrunk it down. I think they shrunk it down to 40 minutes and just a few select people get to talk. Yeah, so Florida State's going to provide photographs and video to the media after the the memorial's over. And the full memorial service apparently will be made available on Monday. So um, if you can't make it to Tallahassee, you, you will be able to, I guess, you know, pay respects uh, and watch the replay of it but uh, if you're in if you're in town no concessions but there's no uh charge obviously for this and i think 
the first baseline gate, that's the only entry point on this. You can't enter from behind home plate or the outfield. So, uh, And parking's already kind of a little tight right now with yeah. uh, everything going on at Doak, so you might want to hit the garage where softball is at. But, hey, man, all the softball fans are probably going to be tailgating there too. So, uh, Great well, weather, I would though. Think, uh, I, don't you think a lot of the softball fans in Florida State, that's not, uh, you know, that's not us th- – I think many people would be tongue-in-cheek around the country talking about softball fans. Well, that ain't the case at Florida State. No, they no, are no. legit, oh, no. and they're loud, and there are a lot of them. Uh, I would think a lot of those people would be at Hauser and then go go to that and then come over to, to hopefully come over to softball after the after the memorial is over. Yeah. All righty, then. Uh, we've been having a busy week, which is cool. Uh, again, to speak to all these new players on your favorite football team. We had five young men on Thursday. Yeah. We're going to get uh, three more later today. Uh, Tamir Hickman Collins, Luke Croman Hawk, uh, as well as Landon Thomas. So that, that'll that be cool. But on Thursday, we got Jamari Howard, Kai Bates, CL3, Charles Lester III, high school uh, blue chippers, and then a duo from Alabama. We got Earl Little Jr. as well as uh, Sean Murphy, linebacker for the Crimson Tide. Big Jamari Howard guy, Corey. Just, yeah. you know... I don't know how to differentiate between Broward and Dade guys, but Jamari's just Dade to the core. Really like mm. that young man. Swag, I guess maybe I would have said if I did this podcast like 15 years ago, but just a really good air of confidence to him. And uh, really, Michael Langson, who's our recruiting dude, obviously, had a lot of good things to say about Jamari. Was like, I mean, he's a guy that's totally being slept on throughout the recruiting process. And he went to New Orleans. I'm like, man, New Orleans creates some dogs. So really curious to see how he's going to kind of uh, develop here early on uh, throughout the spring and things like that. But uh, just a big fan of him. I I tweeted about it. Anybody that says a guy or a lady that's from their same hometown uh, is from the crib. Yeah. Uh, Just, you know, like, come on. You don't want to you want a guy like that in your corner, obviously. Built different. Built different. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure Earl Little and Sean Murphy, by virtue of being in Alabama, having played college football, maybe a little bit more urgently on the, the front burner for most fans. Uh, what was your bigger takeaways from Thursday's media availability? I wanted to ask you: uh, Do you uh, do you what sense did you get for Earl Little, the guy? For people that don't know, and you should, you're listening to this. But Earl Little was the uh, big five star, super duper recruit. I think he was a five star. He was well thought of either way, coming out of high school. That didn't play a lot the last two years as a DB, and I think he lined up at nickel when he did play for Alabama, yeah. but did you get a sense for what he was going to play? I, it sounded like, and the audio was a little off when I was listening to it, it sounded like he was saying it was, he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't specify correct. where he might be lining up. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, he, just, he talked about being versatile, and I, I tried to ask him the whole thing about, according to PFF, the, the only, like Alabama.com or the Crimson Tide website had him playing, I think, maybe like five or six games his freshman year and then some games this year. Uh, this past year before he got hurt, but PFF only had like two games worth of snaps from him, and they were both games were this past season. I think one of them was the USF game where maybe it was only special teams he was on the field for maybe one or two snaps, and I think maybe Chattanooga, but he he played slot cornerback, and he talked about how versatile he is, and he has a nose for the football, and he can play anywhere, safety or cornerback, and you know I, I had this sort of question about seemingly it seems like going from slot cornerback to safety is a thing. And I wonder like, what is part of that skill set that allows you to bounce between both of them. And when I asked him, he said, I got a nose for the ball. I don't mind getting dirty and tackling folks. So, um, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't specify what the plan is for him, but that's a cool thing though. Right. Corey, Cause once they do actually start practice, we'll be able to see, we'll be able to yeah. tell you where he's practicing and, at. and talking right about it. Yeah. 
Again, that's always I, I, I'm always going to let you guys know. Go talk to your friends around the country that are friends of other programs and ask them how much like legitimate inside information they get. Like not even inside, like uh, observational information they get from their about their teams on any other days except the Saturdays they play. Hmm. And you, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know how Earl Little was doing at safety or nickel. Who the best player is going to be this spring? Uh, we're usually pretty good when we see a guy in the spring. Now, look, it's the, you know, it, it's usually pretty obvious. Jermaine Johnson was obvious. Jared Verse was obvious. Keon was obvious. But when we tell you guys, holy moly, this guy's really good. Johnny, when Johnny first got here, like, man, this guy could be a problem. Mm-hmm. That's what's so cool about getting to watch these practices. Is we get when, when you hear us saying something, it's not us getting it second or third or fourth hand. It's us watching it. And I feel like if you're listening to this and you've been listening to it a long enough time, you're like, okay, you trust our opinions enough that you can believe what we're telling you. And we're, we have a pretty good – I mean, look, I shouldn't even say that. It's literally obvious if you're out there watching a lot of these guys how good they are, how good they're going to be. And I'm really, really fascinated with those two Alabama guys hmm. because there is a chance they – like Aslan, they could both be – for all we know, they could both be – Second-round NFL draft picks. All-conference type guys, yeah. Or not all that good. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. There's that. There's a lot. Th- th- neither one of them have proven anything at this level, but they've both been at Alabama. I think they've both been at Alabama for two years, right? Correct. At least. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I thought, was it – I think it was Murphy, the linebacker, that talked about – or maybe it was Little – talking about picking Saban's brain or yeah. being around Saban and just being around him for two years. I thought that was really interesting and – and, you know, it's not bad to be in that Alabama culture. I mean, I know we talked a lot about him early December, but it's not bad to be around that Alabama culture and the best head coach that ever did it for two years of your life when it comes to football. But the, the point being, like, when it comes to what we heard on Thursday, some of it was cool. I, I am excited about it. But, man, I've just – every time you, you see another one of these guys and listen to them, you're like, I want to see how that dude plays. And, oh, yeah, I will in a month. Mm. In a month, I'll get to see Earl Little and see what he, where, number one, where he lines up. We'll be able to tell you all the first day of spring practice, okay, it looks like Earl Little's lining up at safety. He's running, well, we can't say that, but we can tell you what position he's playing. And then we can say, uh, or he's a slot nickel, or he's a regular corner, whatever. And, oh, yeah, he looked really, really good. Like, we're just, our struggled a little bit. We're allowed to say that, too. Like, last year, I think we kind of talked about Cypress. Like, mm-hmm. eh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, all right. right. He's he's had some moments, but to us personally, he didn't look like the fourth or third best player in the whole portal. Right. Like regardless of position, because he wasn't he didn't look to us to be the best DB on his own team hmm. or even maybe the second best DB on his own team. So again, we'll get to know how good is Earl Little really? How good is Sean Murphy really? Or Malik Benson. We all get to find that out in like a month. So that's really exciting. That was so a lot of a lot of words I just used there. I apologize, everyone. Oh, but yeah, if you look at his bio again, Earl Little, 2022, missed the first half of the season, recovering from injury, played in uh, three games, uh, Mississippi State, Austin P, and Auburn. And so he just earned snaps, special teams, mm-hmm. not a lot of like defensive actual stats. And this past year, suffered a season-ending injury late in the year, uh, two tackles, eight games. And that's I kind of asked him, like, how are you feeling physically? And he said that he's good to go. So that's... Uh, yeah, that, that was kind of what I was a little bit worried about. I just didn't know if he was going to be banged up going into spring, mm. but he sounds like he's good to go. So 
Because um, then, there, listen, there's a spot opposite or beside Shaheem Brown, I would think, that's kind of tailor, not a tailor made for his skill set, but at least, you know, really enticing opportunity for him. So hoping that he's going to really actually be healthy to, to compete for that spot, because if he can be what you would think he is and how confident his father is, who played at Miami, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, that that makes you feel really good about the secondary, right? Uh, because yeah, you know, there, there's a chance. Uh, you know, look, man, I think Azaria is about to take even a bigger step. I think he's going to be one of the best corners in the conference, maybe the country. Uh, like I just – Fentrell's a solid player. Which, hey, sorry, uh, really quick on, on Azaria Thomas – We've got a gold tier of mm. subscription to Warchant.com, everybody, where you, you don't get any ads on your screen at all or when using the app. And you also get access to what we call the Renegade Room, which is a sub-forum. Like, it's even more elite than the Tribal Council. Maybe the Champions Club, if you will. Mm. Um, <laughs> and we've got not only those Ask Me Anythings with Ira and Jeff and Corey and, and Tom and Gene and, and, and so on, but we're also going to have access to players. And Azaria Thomas... Uh, there will be one going on, if it's not already going down today, uh, later on this this coming week, that you can ask questions if you're part of that forum, and, and then we'll have Azaria actually answer those questions. So I just want to get that in there. Check it out. A little bit more uh, higher price than the Tribal Council, mm -hmm. but there's perks. You also save like 20% every single day at Garnet and Gold. I think it's 20%. I think you get like a 10% discount if you're if you're just a regular member of Warchant.com, a subscriber. But if you're a, a gold-level member, you get like either 15 or 20% off stuff at Garnet and Gold every single day. So that's the plug. Sorry, Corey. And Aslan, you, you will call people each night and just get kind of an update on your day? Yeah. Hey, man. What's up, guys? All right. Yeah, just but but each person individually. It's not like a group call. It's like well, you I'll, call each. There'll be member. a group. There'll be a group text of what girl I'm currently talking to off the dating app, and I'll take feedback from you folks and suggestions. Oh, there you go. So, See, yeah. guys, this thing's gonna pay for itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I think with Azaria and, and Cypress, is you, you know, I don't think he's spectacular, but he's certainly solid. Uh, and then you got Shaheem, you've got Vance, you've got Earl Little. Like, yeah, there's a chance, even with the loss of Bernardo and Dent. Although Dent only played, felt like he only played like half the year because he was always kind of banged up. He could have as good a secondary as he did last year. Again, let's see what Earl Little looks like. Yeah. You know, let's see what he looks like. They got, uh, you know, we talked to, what, three other DBs on, on Thursday? Uh, I think freshman DBs, right? Yes. Kai Bates and, yeah. and like. Lester you know, and then uh, Jamari Howard, yeah. Well, plus with the four or five they brought in last year, um, man, you know, they, they've got a lot of bodies. And I think they're good players. I think that's the one position where I think the high school guys have a chance to like kind of break through. I guess receiver too, but receiver and DB is where the the high school guys I think have a chance to really break through and get into the rotation. Like what Quindarius or Hussey? I know Hussey was a JUCO kid. No, no, he wasn't. Uh, the right. other kid, Barker, was the JUCO kid. Correct. One of those guys, or one of these guys, Lester with a spring. You know, freshman DBs have started. All across the country in the past. It's not unheard of. They, we get to see how close these guys are to not only just being ready to, like, be a college football player, but, like, ready to impact games. And there's a chance, multiple. I mean, it's a probability that, like, three or four of the new guys, uh, at least first, first and second year guys, will be in the rotation or at least be getting real reps this season. Yeah. Akeem played in 11 of those first 13 games before opting out of the bowl game. But one of the, one of those games, that Boston College game, where things did not look very good on the back end without him not being there. So yeah, um, it just felt like he was subbed in and out. I didn't mean like he didn't. He was right, out right. for years. I just, I mean, I know he didn't practice hardly at all. 
because he was banged up. But it yeah, felt like Southern they Miss got, game he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, and they gave him as many breaks as they could throughout the course of the season. Yeah, he only. Yeah, he looked like uh, played in more than forty snaps, like those last five games of the season. But but when he came back from injury, he was really being used sparsely, like in the thirties. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, man, you just feel like Shaheem and if Earl Littles can, you know, if Earl Little can fulfill the potential he had as a recruit, which he was yeah. uh, the number 12 cornerback in the country, 85th overall prospect period uh, in that 2022 cycle. And then again with Azarie and Fentrell at the, the corner spots. Uh, again, I really like Quindarius Jones, too. You just feel yeah. like they've, they've got a really good back end. They're going to hopefully be able to create the requisite amount of pressure with with Patrick Payton and Marvin Jones Jr. And listen, we we haven't spoke since we we talked to those guys on Wednesday. And man, like you know, like Jared Jermaine just had like that kind of build where you're like, all right, like these are these are the grown men. These are the kind of guys you need in the trenches to compete at the highest levels of this sport. And man, Marvin Jones Jr. is a huge dude. And he was an yeah. outside linebacker apparently for for Georgia. So and like you kind of saw that with Earl Little too, and just the way he's he's built, having gone through like that strength program for two years, no matter how much he was battered, battered and bruised that that freshman year of his, and they they have a kind of a, a level of polish to them that you know the expectations are going to be pretty high, but they they are equipped to probably meet them. So, um, yeah, Marvin Jones Jr. Another dude, just big, big dude. So's the kid from Oregon State. Oh yeah, Sione, which Sione Lolahea, Lolahea, yeah. And shout out to Corey, you know. I kind of almost want to lament, but I know people don't care about the the the, the state of of journalism right now, at least sports journalism. But man, for Corey to, I hope you guys are obviously subscribers and were able to check out the story that, that Corey wrote up uh, on on Wednesday. But it, it was awesome just to you know walk us through all the quotes and just kind of the, the story that of Sione that we got from him uh, being a, a young man from Tonga, moving to the United States, and I, I guess apparently has not seen his family since he left. Uh, you know, when he was a teenager to come to um, to, to Hawaii in America to learn how to play American football and chase the American dream, as he said. You know, I just feel like if, if we would have had this done, like, I don't know, 10 years ago, this would have been something that you would have been able to spend like a week on and get some other quotes from like other people in his life. But man, you just told a really great story, I felt like, and laid out his journey like in an hour's time, you turned it around. So I guess, you know, it would have been cooler maybe to have a week to really craft this amazing story, but you did an awesome job regardless. So shout out, Corey, being well, part of the team. Well, thanks, buddy. But it's one of those things where there's so many other uh, people in the room interviewing him, and you know they're going to write their stories too. We don't want to wait a week to give it to our readers. Hey, yeah. read this read this guy's story. But it's also something that you we can go revisit. Like if this kid ends up being one of the best players on the team, well, we could write a feature in November where we do talk to a parent here and a parent. You know, we get or, a hey, parent we'll, on the phone. We'll fly out to Tonga maybe on, on a bye week. We got like that three of them this fair. year. That seems yeah, that that seems like a good idea. That's what kind of flight is that? That's got to be quick. Yeah, that's got to be like just a couple hours. Just hopping over a couple puddles. I'm gonna check uh, it right now. Go ahead. Yeah, go check how long the flight is to Tonga. And what is the capital of Tonga? Um, I do I'm gonna not know. guess Tonga City. <laughs> that's always that's always a good guess. It's always a good. It's a solid guess. But, uh, yeah, so that story, though, his story, um, you know, Jeff and Tom talked about it on, on Jeff's show, and they put out a video on our on our YouTube channel. Man, we're doing a lot of cross-promoting for this show. I, I like what we're doing here yeah. with Warchant, the Warchant brand. But talking about how he's going to be a fan favorite, and he absolutely is going to be a fan favorite. Uh, seems like a really friendly guy. Uh, didn't even start speaking the language until he was 16 in 2016. Um, as, I, as Aslan said, 
Um, he came over to Hawaii. He came over to the States to play football, although he had never played football. He grew up playing rugby because they don't play football in Tonga. He said his parents don't even know the sport, don't understand the sport, have never gotten to see him play. Hopefully, they'll, somehow, they'll be able to get to see him play this year. Um, but, yeah, so that story about him be, not even knowing the sport, not knowing the language, and in four years, you know, he went to Hawaii for three years and then transferred to San Bern, uh, a school in San Bernardino, California, because the school he was at in Hawaii shut down. Um, I don't know if that was a COVID thing or what. Uh, he played his last year in San Bernardino, California. Well, that couldn't have been a COVID thing because they weren't playing football in California during COVID. And then went to Oregon State and became kind of almost a star there, like at least a semi-star. I mean, it was a second-team all-conference. And is still kind of learning the sport. Like, didn't grow up with it at all. And just he's a, he seems like he really appreciates the opportunity he's gotten. And think about a journey – that you're willing to bet on yourself, leave your family, all your friends, your whole life, your whole language, an island that you grew up on for 16 years behind to go pursue a sport that you don't know all that well for for the for the betterment of you and your family. And now he's here at Florida State with a chance to, you know, hopefully have a really nice year and get drafted and change the course of his life. So we have to somehow get to San Francisco. Um, mm. So... Yeah, it's crazy. Like one of these flights, I guess like the shortest flight would actually be uh, only one stopover, 17 hours, though, oh my starting gosh. from San Francisco to get to Nuku'alofa, which is the capital of Tonga. Okay. So just got to get San Fran and then only 17 hours. That's that's it? It's only 17 hours? Golly, man. One you stop. Were... One stop in uh, Nadi International Airport, which I don't even know where that is. Uh, I don't even know where what country that is, but I'll, I'll I'll try to look it up here real quick. It is um, I don't even know. It's, it's like in a Polynesian island, so I guess maybe they have a better infrastructure. Fiji, it There's, looks like Fiji. I guess. Yeah, there we go. So hundred. I just looked it up. One hundred seven thousand people on yeah. the in the entire country. So less than half. What about half of Tallahassee? Yeah. Is Tallahassee like two hundred thousand? That's just yeah. that's just crazy what he's done to go from Tonga to Hawaii to California, to Corvallis, mm. and now all the way across the country to Tallahassee to go to go uh, chase his dream. That's a, it's, and he's, he's also good, and he's big, and he seems kind of a, one of those, uh, at least, I mean, I, I, he's probably not lovable when you're trying to block him, mm. but he seemed kind of like a lovable dude off the field, which, uh, yeah, just, again, kudos to this staff and this head coach for letting us get to know these guys because some of them have just really cool stories. Vimeergy.com promo code is WarchampBogo. That means WarChamp B-O-G-O. Buy one, get one free when you add that promo code uh, to your order. Buy one item, get one of equal or lesser value for absolutely free. Vimeergy, packed with vitamins. It's in the title, everybody. Vitamin energy and packed with energy. 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine and no sugar, which means no sugar crash. You want to avoid that at all costs. Sugar crash, bad. All-natural caffeine, pretty good, pretty good. There's also an eight-hour sleep. It's crazy. Not only do you put the WarChamp BOGO code in there, I, I feel like sometimes they also throw in a free eight-hour sleep box, too. They're giving you all sorts of goodies over at Vitamin Energy when you use the promo code WarChamp BOGO because they know your Knowles and their Knowles as well, and that's why they're hooking it up. So head over to VitaminEnergy.com, world's first and only clinically proven, clinically tested energy shot to improve your focus, improve your mood, reduce brain fog. Uh, it's incredible. Non-GMO, too. I took a half shot on Thursday, then sleep all that great. Started this, you know, one of my friends is like, uh, he's like, I want to start smoking cigarettes. I'm like, why? He's like, I don't know. I just feel like, feel like I just want to start smoking cigarettes now. I'm like, all right, well, that's mm. pretty gross, I think. I'm like, I'm going to start having nightcaps. So I have like a, just make myself a cocktail before I go to sleep every night. 
And I'm big into mezcal right now, Corey. Big mezcal guy right now, which is basically okay. like smoky tequila. And I, you know, I made one, but so much went into it. I'm like, I'm going to make a second one. So I didn't sleep all that well uh, on, on Wednesday night going into Thursday. And then uh, the gym was a little bit. I'm like, it's going to be a slog. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're, you're sponsored by Vitamin Energy, Aslan. Use it. So I took a half shot, made it through my workout, piece of cake. Poor sleep, the biggest inhibitor of gains in the gym, everybody. So like when I don't sleep well, I know it's not going to be a great day in the gym, but I got Vitamin Energy on my side, so I was able to go through with it. VitaminEnergy.com, promo code WarChampBogo. Shake it and take it. Try it. You'll like it. WarChampBogo, the promo code. All right, Corey, let's um, get through this mailbag real quick. I'm trying to find out. There's, there's a really good question here uh, that was fitting in, into what we were talking about before we went to the break. Um, but golly, I can't find it right now, but I guess maybe I'll just go ahead and ask it and we'll, we'll see if we can find it here later. But just like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be like, man, there's just, there's something special going on in Tallahassee. You know, I don't want to, mm. there's something special going on here because I think, you know, every team swears that they work harder than any other team in the country. And, you know, every coach is scheming it up and, and doing the film study and doing his best to put his team in positions to succeed. But you talk to, you know, the way that you hear these kids talk about how they were recruited and how Mike Norvell told them, like, this is my message to you. This is how I'm going to coach you. This is who I am. And then they arrived to campus and they're like, yeah, man, like everything he told me, that's who he's been so far. I don't want to accuse other coaches of being frauds, but there, there seems to be like this genuine component of, of Norvell's approach. And then you hear the way these, these kids talk, just about their life, about football, about this coaching staff, about their goals. And it's, you know, we don't get to hear a lot of other coaches and their assistants and their players speak. But I mean, there's, there, is there some sort of correlation, causation between who Mike Norvell is, what he wants to recruit, how these kids carry themselves, and then how they ultimately perform? Because it does feel like, you know, that this is a really easy team, easy program now, right, Corey? Because this hasn't been just one year of this. This is like an easy program to root for. Uh, because of the way this coach carries himself and, and the guys he's bringing in and how easily they kind of, you know, enmesh themselves into the process, if you will. It, it is. And, and I don't think it's uh, I mean, it's a cliche, but but I don't I don't think it's untrue that you you got to have a certain something to want to go play for Mike Norvell. Like he tells you that. Like, again, he's not Rick Trickett. He's not hat whipping kids uh, and, and basically just, you know, saying no to half of the offensive linemen in the country because they would never play for him. Like, Norvell wants to go get the best players in the in the country, too. But he does tell them, you know, every single kid that we talk to, and I, some of them I shouldn't even call kids. They're in their early to mid-20s. Um, they talk about how real he is with them and how hard he tells them it's going to be. He and, and the beauty of that is so many kids think they want that. Trust me, I'm, try, I'm raising a teenager. That like, yeah, I want you to hold me accountable. I want you to hold me accountable when it comes to working out or studying or whatever. Not really. But the guys that come and play for Mike Norvell, especially I think the guys that uh that that are have already played college football, that's really that really is what they want. They want to be held to a high standard. They want in the in so he's going to do that, but there isn't anything fake about him. There there really isn't, like in the sense that you know, they, they always say the guy they, they they got recruited by, the guy that was so excited on the FaceTime call, the guy that was so excited when they called him and told him, yes, I'm coming to Florida State, 
That's the same guy they see in the building on a Tuesday. It's just who he is. That's who he is with the staff. That's who he's with with people in the in the hallways. That's who he is with coaches, with media, with his players. That's just the guy he is. It is not a show. It's not a put on. When you when you're around it the first few times, you probably think it is. Like there's no way this guy is like that all the time. He is. Now maybe he goes home and just collapses as soon as he walks through the door and just falls asleep. But, buddy, when he goes out, when he walks into that hallway and gets around his football program, it's like he's been turned to 11. And it just doesn't stop. And I think all these guys, literally I think everyone we've talked to, Aslan, that's been asked about Norvell, has said he's the same guy. It's amazing how he's the same guy all the time to everyone. Mm -hmm. It has the same energy. And I think that may not just obviously, clearly that resonates. I think it probably resonates a little more with the guys that have been through college football before. Because, yeah, man. College football has some fakeness in it. Not all, co- not not all coaches. Probably most coaches aren't fakes, but there are some that recruit you one way, and then they're completely different people when you get there. Well, I can promise you, Adam Fuller, Alex Atkins, Mike Norvell, they're never telling a kid, "Man, you're gonna love it here. We're gonna take it. You're gonna start the first game. Uh, we're, you're probably gonna win a Heisman. We love what we see." No, it's always about you'll have a chance to play. We'll have an opportunity, but it's going to be a lot of hard work. And Norvell says it. He's said it a million times. He tells all these kids it's going to be the hardest thing they've ever done, but it'll be worth it if they do it. And he's won, essentially, in my opinion, 19 games in a row. Mm. So it works. The proof is the proof is there, too. Yeah, you know, also really you know, shout out to these kids, uh, to your you know initial point there about, you know, kids wanting to say, that I want to work hard, but then when you actually see what it looks like, you're like, oh, maybe this is not for me. So I guess, you know, really a compliment to these kids for for wanting to sign up for, you know, Kai Bates is like, I listened to my inner voice when mm. it came to d- deciding this. And you know, I guess also, you know, mom, dad, aunts, uncles, I mean, because, you know, <laughs> I don't like criticism, right? Like I, everyone, you know, I can take constructive criticism. No, I don't like I really don't like hearing any any kind of bad stuff. But these kids, um, you know, seemingly are, are forged in a, in a manner that makes them like OK with coming somewhere where it's nothing's going to be handed to them. They're going to have to hard, work hard to earn everything. And not that like Kirby's like, yeah, man, show up. Everything's a piece of cake, man. We're, we, we set it and forget it. Like I've, I've chosen you. You're destined for greatness. But it's just kind of, it's incredible to, that was one of my concerns. Like, all right, he, he found a guy like Jermaine that was maybe a little bit jaded and wanted his fresh start. And, you know, he went and got some of these other kids. And you're like, all right, you know, you can, you can try to create this kind of, you know, culture, this environment that, nurtures kids and coaches them back up but you know at a certain point you're going to get complacency and you're not going to be able to constantly find kids out there you know maybe i'm just you know not giving enough credit to to the kids these days because he continues to find those guys uh and, and they're they're stocked up with them and really uh makes it exciting to think about what the season can be so and you know real quick we'll go on that because I, I didn't you just mention kirby yeah yeah. yeah, so obviously Kirby's probably the – well, I don't think there's a probably about it. He's the best coach in the country right now, certainly the most accomplished uh, college football coach in the country now that Saban's retired. Um, and he talks about – and I, I just know this because uh, the, the Orange Bowl that was played, he talks about how they have – I can't remember what they call it, though, but it's like Bloody Tuesdays or something. Nice. Where where it's something like that. I don't know yeah. the exact name, but it's Bloody Tuesdays or Bloody Wednesdays where everybody on that team – knows they're about to go to war with another really good player on Tuesday. Now, 
it's war in the sense of it, it ain't 1980s football and it ain't 1990s practices, what Kirby grew up with. And it's but not it's actual game, war either. It's not real well, war. Correct. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're going to compete at a very high level and they're going to be very, very physical. And that is expected in that program. And there is a pride that those kids feel, much like the Florida State players of the 90s felt pride about how hard they practiced. Same with Miami back then. They always talked about how the practice was harder than the games. And they felt pride for what they were doing in practice and how hard they practiced and how they were much tougher than the other team. That happens at Georgia. I just think the mindset you have to have to play for Mike Norvell in the players, like you said, that he's looking for, there's a pride that comes with that. Mm. There's a pride now that comes with that. It's not like survival like you were in boot camp. But it is a it is a survival as in like we're all in this together and we did this. Nobody's tougher than us, nobody's outworking us. Let's go prove it on the field. And I just think that 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 is instilled in this program now. Just like it is at Georgia, just obviously like it was at Alabama. They pride themselves on how tough they are. And that is a great, great, great first strand of DNA mm-hmm. to go in a program. It's just to be tough. If nothing else, be tough. If you're not talented, be tough. And this team, really since he got here, but especially the last three years, has been tough, like physically, but tough mentally too. So, yeah, it's I I think, you know, look, man, I saw something on three had a list of the best coaches in the country right now, and Norvell was top five. I think he was number five. Um, and I don't know how you could really argue with that. It's been yeah. – I mean, well, think about – Brian Kelly ahead of him, though. I don't know about that. Yeah, prisoner of the moment, I guess. You know. Well, right. I think it's about Norvell. It's been two years of, of 10 wins. Kelly's been successful longer and has a longer history of it. But give Norvell a couple more years of 9, 10, 11 wins. He'll keep crack, He'll keep trudging up that list, man. He's just uh, – you can't argue with what, what this guy's done. At, 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 He's seven at, on so the far. list. On the Is he seven? Yeah, Dabo, Dabo, Sark, Ryan Day, Kalen DeBoer, Brian Kelly's two, and then Kirby's number one. Um, and we do say it's on three, but it's you know it's Jesse Simonton who I'm sure is a nice gentleman, but it's not like right. everybody in the on three network voted on this. It's a writer by the name of Jesse Simonton who made the list. And I would not have him behind uh, Sarkeesian right now. Sarkeesian, I just wouldn't. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think they're neck and neck. I, I you know I, they're both good coaches, but I I just Sarkeesian didn't take over what Norvell had to take over. And uh, look look at this program right now, man. Well, I say that go in some games in 2024, gang. All right, let's uh, let's hammer on Kurt Curb Street. Um, oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Nice. Uh, two questions. We'll start off with FSU seventy three seventy two. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, yes, we do love these player interviews. How can you not listen to these guys and not be impressed and root for them? Question about Kurt Curb Street's conversation with Dylan Riola's dad mm. and steering him to Nebraska. Um, I I saw a headline. I didn't read the story. Um, so yeah, I'll go on Twitter and I'll see like a political yeah. thread and I'll. I'll click on it because I want to see what's in the in the comment section. And after like ten seconds, I'm like, all right, nope, not good, not good. Yeah, the comment section is always the place to go for political or any threads, really. Yeah, I'm like, that's good, that's fine, good, don't need that. So like that when it comes to this stuff like Herb Street, I'm like, all right, man, I got just, I I I want the the surface level, understand what's going on, but I don't need to dive deep into it. But apparently, Dylan Riola, who was committed to Georgia for a long time and flipped kind of at the eleventh hour to Nebraska, which is his father's alma mater. His uncle is a coach on staff in Nebraska. Uh, two questions. Do you think it's a proper thing for a national personality who should not show bias? I guess that doesn't describe Herbie anyways. Is that a 
proper thing for him to do? And do you think Nick Saban's arrival on game day next year paved the way for his exit? I think, uh, I mean, how many, it's going to look, you know, the CNN desk when it's an election night and it looks like a, a, the stands at a basketball game. There's so yeah. many people on. The, I feel like game day is going to be there now. You got, what do you got? Desmond, Kirk, Corso, McAfee, I, I wonder if Reese Corso, Davis. I wonder if Corso is not going to be part of their plans. They but did say, know. they came out and said that Corso is part of the plans this year. Okay. All right. um, but you got to imagine that's ending soon. Uh, so I would think, if anything, Saban steps in for him. Tr- tr- truly, truly, if I was a, if I was a producer at ESPN or the big wigs, the big bosses, the executives, I would I would almost you almost at a point have to take Herb Street's phone. Like this is out of control uh, because he's alienating and he, and he's going to start alienating Georgia fans too when they keep bringing this up and he's going to be like, oh, you guys are idiots, lunatic fringe. I didn't do this. I can't convince a kid where to go. I was just talking to his dad. And it's like, yeah, why, why were you talking to his dad at all? I think – so Herb Street went on uh, Andy Staples' show, who is the on three, uh, on three Andy's, on three's Andy Staples. Um, and I and I think – I didn't watch it, couldn't couldn't stomach it. But I think denied that he convinced the kid to go to, to, to Nebraska – or even suggest that he go to Nebraska. And let's be honest, what kind of kid are you raising if Kirk Herbstreet can call you up and say, hey, man, I think you should go to Nebraska? And he's like, you know what? I'm going to Nebraska. Well, apparently, I guess he told Riola's dad. So, like, I guess he convinced Riola's dad. Not actually. He didn't actually speak right. to Dylan. But even still, is right. Riola's dad going, like, I just got off the phone with Herb, Herbie. Uncle, he, Uncle Kirk. He, Uncle Kirk, he wants you to go to Nebraska. Well, Dad, I really want to go to Georgia. They're a lot better. They win games. They win championships. The weather's better. We live yeah. 30 minutes down the road right now. No, no. We're going to Lincoln. We're going. All right, all right, Dad. All right, Kirk said so. No, I mean, I don't think that happened. So, it's not like he convinced – he didn't – if he played any role at all, it's – I mean, good grief. You know what I mean? Like, what? how how committed was this kid to Georgia if a phone call from Kirk Herbstreet to his dad got him uh, got him to go to a completely different type of school? That with a little, so little, but that said, it's weird. Why are you calling a recruit's dad? Yeah. Unless they have a relationship, which I don't think they do. Yeah, I don't know why they would have. Yeah. Um, it's odd. It's odd that Kirk Herbstreet, because you're supposed to be – you were a national person that should not be giving your opinion one way or the other to somebody. I mean, you're just – you're a media member. You're an influential one. Clearly, we all believe that because we saw what happened this past fall. But you should just comment on what you see. You shouldn't suggest things to people. Like you, Just like I would think it would be unethical if he called – uh, you know, Alabama and said, hey, I think you should hire Mike Norvell. Or called Alford and said, hey, I think you should – uh, you know, hire Buddy Ryan, not Buddy Ryan, Rex Ryan as your DC. Yeah. Like, I, I just think that you, just comment on what you see. Don't be a part of the news. But I also don't, I don't really believe he had that much sway in that kid's commitment. I think it was pretty, it wasn't a complete stunner that that kid ended up at Nebraska. Apparently the story, the quote from Dominic, the father who played at Nebraska, All-American, also played for the Lions and maybe some other teams in the league. A quote, when he saw the smoke about Dylan entering, entertaining Nebraska, he was like, call me. Dude, is this true? He's got to do it. He's got to do it. Herbie's affinity for Nebraska, for a guy like that to tell me and get behind me, look, I knew he needed to do it, but I wasn't going to sit here and say you need to go change that place or be part of the change of that place. So when Kirk told me that, 
I had other coaches reach out to me and say the place is special. Coach Rule is a special leader. So. Okay. So, again, it doesn't sound like uh, Kirk was the was the deciding factor. It sounds like they were leaning that way anyway heavily. Uh, again, I would question the dad's sanity if he let Kirk Herbstreit decide or the kid where the kid was going to be playing college football. But it's still odd yeah. to call up a dad and say, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do, it, you do yeah, it. Call me, call me, you know, um, man, I mean, listen, at least it's not Ohio state. Then that would feel kind of gross. I guess Nebraska is yes. a very lovable yeah. program to me. So that's why I'm really not that upset about this either. It's like, no, it's just, but, but what's the next one? What's how yeah. long has he been doing this? Right. What's the next one he's going to do? Cause clearly it's not just Ohio state guys. He's, he's all across the country. It's a, but yeah, and let it with that said, as a Georgia grad, I think it's awesome Nebraska got a kill a kid of that caliber. I hope he sticks it out, and I hope he's a first round pick. I hope he's awesome yeah. because I like when Nebraska's good at football. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we Florida State and Nebraska have some similarities. Florida State's a better program; it has been for uh, you know what the better part of twenty five years now. But still, Nebraska was a, a program I grew up with, really, really respecting because it was one of the programs. Mm. And when you see them fall on hard times, like Florida State did there for a while. Uh, you you can relate, and I want Nebraska to get back because that is maybe the best fan base in the country. Mm. Uh, and also, yeah, real, again, quickly on the on the Saban thing. I mean, I, I'm sure for the last I don't know ten years, he's probably had a standing invitation that whenever he's done coaching, that game day will be there waiting for him. So uh, I don't think it was any kind of urgent action. It was just probably, he always knew he could take this. He could have retired in the middle of the season like Steve Spurrier, and they would change their entire coverage plans and they would make a whole new desk to fit him on there if he wanted to do it so um i don't know if we're like trying to hint at impropriety but i just you know anybody would make room space for a guy like that on their uh, panel when it comes to this sort of stuff so. yeah yeah all right there's another bashing herb street thing here uh yeah let's go to noel dude 1015 hello you guys Corey. congrats on your upcoming nuptials thank you with the Super Bowl in mind, what kind of atmosphere makes for the best kind of viewing for the game? I'm partial to hosting, so I tend to have all the food favorites from wings, chips, and, of course, drinks, although I enact a BYOB policy. Oh, come on now. You got you to have, have uh, party favors there, buddy. Come on. I would think what I would do if I was hosting is I'd have some beer, but I'm not a bar. I'm yeah. not buying hundreds of beers. Uh, it, or and I'm not buying any of your special uh, seltzers. Liquor. Oh, yeah, it, like if you got if you got your own special drinks, if you want Manhattans yeah. or even bourbon, bring it yourself, man. Yeah. I'm not I'm not stocking stocking for you. Uh, but I also something else with Super Bowl parties is and it's got to be decided ahead of time. Are you gonna be quiet for the commercials or not? Mm. You know what I mean? Like because that's a lot of the fun of Super Bowl. Like it's more like I think the talking should be during the game. <laughs> and then everybody shut the f up when they go to commercial for the only time, like you know. Usually you don't even you never pay attention to commercials, but in this one instance, everybody be quiet and pay attention to the commercials, and then resume the conversation once the game starts. Oh. Um, this year I will feature some barbecue to include the huge beef ribs and smoked mac and cheese. All right, so he's he's back on. All right, you're back on the team, buddy. Beef mm. ribs, shout out, yeah. shout out, nice. man. Let's nice. do it. Shout out to that Jack Mancuso guy who's like this young dude that just smokes and barbecues food all the time, and it pretty much is all beef. So it's like, my man. Because everyone's always like, yeah, man, pulled pork, pork loin, pork shoulder. I'm like, come on, man. Your guy doesn't eat swine. But anyhow, let's bash Herbie. With all the news coming out about Kirk, is there a way we, the collective lunatic fan base, can ensure right. 
that while in Ireland, no fan, true FSU fan, partakes in any of the sponsored ESPN events. I mean, I'm looking for a complete blackout and would even go as far as saying that we somehow get signs like the clown nose of Kirk and post them all over Dublin. How do you guys feel about that? Would you say to just drop it or go ahead full steam ahead, provided that no one does anything criminal or hostile? Mm. We are not those kind of fans. Question That's, mark. <laughs> you throw a question mark yeah, in there? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, who knows, man? There's millions of you guys. Some of y'all are crazy. Um, um, yeah, I would think that uh, is yeah that, that last part is the whole thing. Like, if it's not hostile, and even if it's not – uh, you know, a battery or assault. You're not threatening anything. Oh, let me just paint it, Corey. Let's say there. Is, I don't think there is, but let's say there's a green space out front of Viva Stadium in Dublin, hmm. and they're going to put the desk out there, and they're right. going to do a full game day, and it's going to start at noon, and it's going to go an hour or whatever. It starts at 10 a.m. and it's going to go two hours up until kickoff at noon. Um, and there's you know, cheerleaders, band and like, you know, a usual kind of audience behind him. Let's operate within that construct. I would think, yeah, it, they're not going to let you have awful signs about Kirk. They're just not. They're going to make you take him down. Um, but I also don't think that's – but if that were to be the case, um, I think just standing there and being co completely quiet, like mm. we're all wearing all black almost and being completely quiet when they come, you know, when they come back from commercial and there's always the 31 year old producer that's like waving the yeah. crowd. Let's Stand go. By. Let's Stand hear by, you. Come guys. on. Three, two, give me some energy. Let's, Let's hear go. it. Let's yeah. hear it. And they put the cameras in your faces. Yeah. Hey, we're here. Well, look at us. Just sit there stone faced. <laughs> Maybe uh, even have tape over your mouths, man. I don't care. Don't make any noise. Don't make any, don't make any, don't do anything at all. I think that would be the craziest viewing experience anybody in the States had ever had. It's like, wow, what's going on with game day? Why are they – are they at a funeral? Like, what? who are the people behind them in all black? And why aren't they making any sounds? They're not, do, they're not doing anything. I think that would be pretty cool. That would be a way to do it. A silent protest. Again, just don't be – Or and boo him. Like, boo him every time he talks. Like yes, when, when a, yes. When Anytime a, he talks, uh, boo. Yeah. Uh, that would get him – I can't even imagine what he would say. Just dead silence every other time. Yes. Pat McAfee's talking nothing. And as right. soon as Herbie starts talking, boo. Yeah. Just like uh, when a former NHL player goes to his old team and as soon as the puck hits a stick, they all start booing him. Or yeah, a basketball yeah. or, player yeah, gets or, the ball, you know. Or the commissioner gives away a trophy yeah. in one of these conferences and they just gets booed the whole time. Yeah, that's something. Uh, I just want to reiterate, you're allowed to speak your mind. It's free speech. Well, I guess in Ireland, it's, too. It's Ireland. It's not. They don't have the same laws as we no, do. No, sure. But you do not, under any circumstances... Challenge him to a fight. Tell, tell him awful things about his family. Throw say awful things, things about him. him yeah. Throw things at him. Yeah. Just, just be, you know, respectful of humanity. He is still a human being. He just, uh, he, he, he has an opinion some, that you highly disagree with. Everybody. Yes, he's going to draw some ire for it. That's how life works. Uh, all right. I have not uh, been up to date on this, so I'm going to hope that Corey has been. Random underscore uh -oh. John. Good morning, guys. How are you both doing today? Great. Thanks, John. Solid, solid. I was watching a podcast on YouTube yesterday, and the court in North Carolina just asked ESPN if they want to waive confidentiality of the ACC ESPN media rights deal. This was February 5th. Do you feel ESPN is going to side with the ACC 
to keep it confidential or side with FSU and keep it confidential. I don't, what? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, I just read it verbatim. Um, and why do you feel the way you do? What do you believe is best for ESPN in this situation? And if ESPN keeps it confidential, do you believe FSU will go after ESPN as well? I don't understand. I don't understand how I, I get that it's a ESPN is a private company. I think. Um, well, they're publicly traded. They're part of Disney, right? But they're a private company yeah. with owners. I. You, but Florida State is a public university. Most of the schools in the conference are public universities that are funded at least in part by taxpayer dollars. I don't have any clue how a multi-billion-dollar TV deal would be confidential. It, it makes no sense, and that's what we're talking about, right? I, the yeah, grant I of rights. So. Sure. Um, uh, are there are there uh, the the planning for the grant of rights, the the language, how much money is actually made? I've I've complained about that for years. They're all estimates. We won't ever get even the SEC. It's like around seventy-one million dollars. I think they came out as like around fifty-two million dollars a team, but they don't give exact numbers. How is that even a thing? Yeah. You know, so uh, so I I don't know. I I'm not I'm not educated enough on it, John, to even have an opinion. I do think eventually, anything that's confidential about a a contract of this magnitude involving public universities would not be confidential for long. I just don't see how that would work. I don't see how that would work, but I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, like I understand getting out of this conference is, you know, the biggest story that doesn't actually have to do with a athletic competition. But <laughs> I am not a lawyer. So right. to and I know we opine on stuff that we're not experts on, but it's a little less murky. There's a lot less nuance, if you will, involved in those sort of things. So I'm that's why I really haven't buried my head in this, all these petitions and amended complaints and motions because, um, I mean, when it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I don't think there's anybody, nobody knows how this is going to end. Right. Right. No one knows how this is going to end. So I'm not going to try to fake it either. Um, and, and yeah, I don't, I just don't understand. You have to be angling for the Big Ten if you're going to try to also pull ESPN into this. That's that's a kind of the crazy thing to me is that no one has said, you know, sources haven't indicated to anybody within the Florida State media environment that it's like Big Ten or bust. And I don't understand how this course of action would lead the would be like ESPN, like, yeah, man, we're cool. It's all good. Like your brand is that bulletproof that you can try to screw this entire thing up that we have with the ACC. Because if they end up figuring out a way to leave this conference, that's going to start a complete, you know, run for the hills of everybody in this conference. And that's not good for ESPN's business. I can't imagine how this would portend to eliciting an invitation to the SEC. And I'm and I'm fine with going to the Big Ten. I'm fine. I mean, grass is greener there. So, but I just don't know why you would want to draw the ire of ESPN. But you've probably there's no way they're going to be able to stay immune from this. Like they're going to right. yeah. they're going to get involved yeah. in the collateral damage of it all. Right, real quick, a shout out to the ACC. I don't know if you saw it on Thursday, Aslan. They released their uh, the future championship conference championship locations. Oh, for most of their sports. Go on. Okay, so men and women's soccer uh, for the next six years will be in Cary, North Carolina. Keep it going. Why ruin a bad? Why ruin a good thing? Right. Women's basketball will be in uh, Greensboro the next two years. Mm. Gymnastics will be in Greensboro the next three years. Uh, rowing, uh, Raleigh. 
Men's basketball from 2025 to 2029, so five years, will either be in Charlotte or Greensboro, Mm. all in a row. Uh, Men's tennis will be in Cary for the next six years, and obviously baseball is in either Charlotte or Durham every year until 2030 at least. Uh, Swimming and diving every year. Literally every sport. We all know where football is too. And and I love it. I really do love it. It's like, you know what? Y'all are going to sue us. Y'all don't like this conference? Well, it's like they're they're tripling down. Yeah. Like, you know what? We don't care about your feelings anymore anyway. So guess what? Every single sports championship will be in North Carolina. But they, but they have been, though. I mean, I guess what you're saying, they're, they're, no, by the fact I, that they're, they're uh, re-upping and, and doing even this further down well, the road. Well, right, is... but, but basketball is not – basketball goes around. It's been in New York. It's been in Bo- – I think it's been in Boston – uh, well, Lord knows it's not coming to Florida. But now for the next five, it's been in Atlanta. Uh, the next five years it's in men's basketball is in and women's is in North Carolina, either oh. Charlotte or Greensboro. Basically just saying – You're going to love it here. You guys are going to love it here. But, we don't but also, like, we, why did we do all this anyway? And they didn't do a very good job of it. I'm not arguing that. Like, it's ridiculous that the softball – the softball championships every year should be in Tallahassee. The, it, it, the ACC softball championships. I mean, they would get great. They just should, but they're not. They're usually in North Carolina. They travel around, though. But they're like, you know what? We tried to give y'all y'all's basketball conference, basketball tournaments in this state or that state. We tried to even let y'all have football for a little while when we first started this conference. We're tired of trying to be nice, quote-unquote. Y'all made us mad. Guess what? Every single conference championship game that's played will be in our state. Because we we are the ACC, mm-hmm. and I just thought that I, I love it. Like it's so brazen, <laughs> it's just so brazen. Like, what are we gonna are we gonna think about Florida State's feelings now? No way, no chance. So, oh, it also does it also does make sense geographically, right? Yeah. But still, it'd be cool if Florida State, if Tallahassee or Jacksonville or somebody got to host some sort of championship. Yeah. Uh, and then in that vein, Primo No One, what's up, guys? Hope you're having a good a good week. Wanted to know your take on FSU filing motions to dismiss the ACC lawsuit in North Carolina or what you are hearing about the motion if FSU has a chance of getting it dismissed. Again, I mean, I will just say that I guess be heartened by the fact that apparently Florida State is going to take the fight wherever, however, for however long. Like they're this is not a willy-nilly let's let's feign. Like they're they're not they're not just shadow boxing. Like they are they've gone through their their fight camp, they've done all the cardio, uh, they've done all the fasting, they've cut the weight. Right. They're 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 ready uh, to fight tooth and nail for this. So that's that's like my only take by the fact that they're seemingly filing everything in Florida to try to get on their home turf, and they're pushing back on anything that's being filed by the ACC if it's happening elsewhere. So, but I, yeah, I, I don't know the the intricacies of these motions and, and the next steps. Unfortunately, maybe, maybe I'll either. spend this weekend to. But probably not. I appreciate the question. I understand the importance of the question. Half the time I'm winging it on this show anyway, but I there's just no way I could try to even come close to speaking intelligently about it uh, to give you. But if if and when we do hear something, if I hear something from someone that would know, um, I would definitely share it. But I, I just have I have no feeling one way or the other. All right, um, Island Chief. Interviews are great. Seems like a mature, engaging group. Can't wait to see them compete for spots. Sticking with football, if you're given a wish and can change one rule on the field, what rule would it be? Good news, now you get to change one rule off the field. What would that be? Ooh. 
He's also looking for a solid prop bet for the Super Bowl. What you got? We'll dip our toes. We'll see if there's anything up on my bookie yet. Some days there are, some days there are not. I know you can usually bet on, like, the length of the national anthem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have a, a thing here that's like, you know, quarter props, full game squares, coin toss props. Oh, they, they've really broken them down. They got um, some Taylor. Oh, yeah, they got some Taylor Swift one. We'll talk about that stuff. All right, so rule I would change on the field. Um, the fumble into the end zone on offense. Mm. Um, I think... The ball should be spotted at the 20-yard line, and it should be first and goal if you fumble and the ball goes into the end zone yeah. on offense. And that's for every every uh, level of football, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mine on the field is uh, targeting isn't an automatic ejection. Um, I, think you need to, I think you need to adjudicate like uh, college basketball does. You can still eject players just like they do in college basketball. If it's a flagrant one or a flagrant two, you can eject them if you think it was intentional. Um, and if not, they're not ejected. It's still a 15-yard penalty. It's still punitive. But quit ejecting these guys because they, you don't, you know. There's, stop, there's some acting, really... stop acting like we cannot tell intent. We can tell intent. I'm sorry. Correct. That's a good point. You can tell intent. So you can look at a replay and go like, man, there is no reason for him to just dangerously. like Ali Gay on Jordan Travis two years ago in New Orleans. Like, that was intent to hurt that kid. Right, right. Eject him. Eject him. But other targeting, it's like, man, that's not. That, that, he didn't even mean to do that. Like, okay, by the letter of the law, you have to call the penalty. That doesn't mean he has to sit out. He shouldn't have to sit out the next three quarters of football. Yeah. That's just stupid. Uh, so yes, that that would be the that'd be the one thing I changed. Just because in every other sport, you can eject kids in baseball if you deem them to being overly aggressive. Soccer, you get a red card. Most of them are either yellows or just fouls. But sometimes you have to red card. So sometimes red card a football player if you think it was egregious and intentional. Um, off the field, I would cap uh, because I'm un-American. I would cap the money that college football coaching staffs could get paid. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if this is possible. Has it? I don't know if it's been legally deemed like antitrust. But I'm a caveman. Um, I would stop the transfer portal. You should oh, only be able to. Sure. Listen. You want to? You talk about getting the money out and doing all this. Listen. You stop kids from being able to transfer. Everything stops. Everything else stops. Everything stops. You should be able to transfer as a grad transfer. Absolutely. Anything else? How about no. this? How about Your coach leaves? I don't care, man. I don't well, care. I don't. I don't agree with that. You are a caveman. I, yeah. But I would say uh, maybe make the scholarships four-year contracts, where you're just like if I had a contract with Gene and I signed a four-year, uh, three-point-seven million-dollar contract, which I did. I hate to give away my numbers, God. but I did. It was what? four four years, three-point-seven. In fact, we got to re-up. I, I don't know. I I don't know if we've re, we have we need to re-up. I think my contract ends next year. Um, you you live by it. If you sign a four-year contract with a with a school, and maybe this this will hopefully take place if, if and when all this becomes unionized and they become employees. You can't. Then you're beholden to the contract. Like you, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes can't go play with the Rams. He might love L.A. He might want to go on tour with Taylor Swift. He can't play for anybody with the Chiefs because he signed a contract. So make it like that. Maybe that would help. 
but also if coaches can leave, players should be able to leave. So make the coaches – That's there you go. That's what my change off the field would be is coaches quit, quit breaking co- – contracts are contracts and you can't mm. break them. How about that? Mm. How about Mike Norvell? You, got a, you had a six-year, whatever it was, $44 million contract to be the coach at Florida State. It doesn't matter what Alabama's offering you. Your signature is on that contract. You can't break it. You've got a non you've got a no compete clause. Flipping Jeff Cameron had to sign a no compete clause. I might have even signed one when he left 1270 to go to uh, ESPN Radio. He had to or he had a no compete clause, which meant he wasn't allowed to go work for like six months. I'm not trying to blow up Jeff's spot. This was a decade ago. And he's, he's with us now. But a lot of people have that. Those non-compete clauses where you can leave, but you can't go work for a competitor for at least six months. Well, put those into coaches' contracts. Where are they going to co-coach? Europe? There's only so many great coaching NFL or football coaching jobs in this country. Is Mike Norvell going to tell Florida State, no, I'm not going to sign a non-compete clause when he's guaranteed to make $10 million a year for the next eight years? Or he can just take his chances? Now, he would now because that's the landscape. That's the climate of this stupid sport. But if it wasn't, if these presidents and ADs had actual backbones and enforced these contracts and didn't let one agent, Jimmy Sexton, run the entire sport, maybe all this crazy spending would die down a little bit. And these coaches wouldn't be able to leave every every six months. That's all. That's what I would do. Make contracts actual. Make contracts actually binding. And just to show that I'm not anti-player, I'm anti-movement, mm. pro-labor, um, something like, I don't know, man, give these kids 10 years, 12 years of, of full health, comprehensive health coverage after they graduate. Oh, okay. There so. you go. Nice. Yeah. All right. MyBookie.ag, promo code WARCHANT. You asked for it. You got it. Props. They're there for the big game. Use the promo code WARCHANT. Get an instant cash deposit bonus when you sign up for the first time. How about this one, Corey? Shown first during the national anthem. Taylor Swift, minus 150. Jason Kelsey, brother of Travis Kelsey, plus 135. Or Taylor and Jason shown together, plus 300. What was the the Taylor one? Minus 150. Yeah, man. What in the world? A producer on this show would be fired if they're looking for celebrities in the crowd for the flipping national anthem, and they show the center for the Eagles instead of the biggest pop star in the world. Yeah. Like what would even be the point of that? Yeah. But I think I think the, the show together also, though some good value plus 300 if they're in the, I don't know if they can get tight enough to where they just get Taylor. I was going to say I don't feel like they'll be together. They don't seem to have the same vibe. I don't even know if they'll be in the same box. I also kind of feel like Jason will be di- like uh, really dialed into the game. Yeah. It might not want to be on camera every, you know, five or six minutes because they're going to be showing Taylor to his left. So I think he might be sitting in different. But I would think I think Taylor's the answer there, but you're not going to win any money. That She's minus. She's the favorite. Reba McIntyre, primary color of boots during the anthem. Plus 250 black. Those are the shortest odds. Brown plus 300. Red plus 400. White plus 500. Put me down for White. It's Vegas. It's like summer out there. Even though it's February, it's hot. It's daytime. It's six thirty Eastern kick. So that's what, like four thirty. 
She might feel like she can get away with white boots. That'll be a really bold, gaudy move, and that's how Reba rolls. So I'll, I'm gonna say white at plus five hundred. I'm gonna say red. She's singing the national. Is she singing the national? She anthem? is. She is. Huh? Now, wasn't it cool? I hope all you guys listen to the Brad Johnson uh, interview, by the way, or go watch it on our YouTube channel. But that was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. But it's cool that he remembered. And why wouldn't he? Who sang the national anthem and who sang God Bless America? I mean, I assume every Super Bowl player remembers no, something like that. I doubt they don't. Man. That's really unique. I mean, it was Celine and the Dixie Chicks. I know, like the Dixie Chicks? That's crazy. Right, be- right before the Dixie Chicks. Uh, you want to talk about being canceled? Hey. Yikes. All uh, right. That was canceling before canceling was even a term. Uh, um, but but I would say red because it's red, white, and blue. It's the national anthem. Doesn't she have red hair? She does. That's why I thought maybe a little too much with the red. I think that's – I think that's. but it's plus 400. I think that's a good value bet. But the primary color could be white with like a little dash of red. You're, so oh, you're right. Color, you're right. So. But I would say I, I'm going to go with red okay, just plus, to be different. Plus 400. Yeah. Promo requires $50 minimum deposit and rollover requirement of one time the deposit total plus your bonus for withdrawal for full terms and conditions. Visit mybookie.ag slash about us. All right, last one on the way out. I think I was supposed to do some kind of interactive um, producing stuff here, but I'm not going to do it. So, mm, sorry. Okay. Dave, bourbon is your friend. Uh, if the early bird gets the worm, what do you get for posting the mailbag at 11.54 a.m. on a Thursday? Shaking my head emoji. Mm. Did I post it that late? I think early, right? 11.54 a.m. is early. Yeah. Tommy and I, that's his son, were good luck charms last Saturday night. Unfortunately, it was for Louisville's offense. No one up here yeah. can remember the last time the Cards put up 100 in regulation, no less. Sharp-looking duo here. Uh, son looks like he's got teal. No, not teal. What's the color that we call that? Um, turquoise. Turquoise, okay. I think turquoise right. would call it. Turquoise jersey, Florida State flag draped across his body. Uh, Dad, Dave, has what looks to be like a Hawaiian print Florida state shirt. Okay. And maybe like they're both wearing fake chains with like Florida state spinners on them or something like logos. Um, nevertheless, everybody loved our outfits mm. matching garden and gold swim trunks and Tommy wore a seminal sports coat and a flag as a Cape 60% loved our sign. We got flicked off by only one person. I do ardently believe Jeff Cameron would audibly laugh at our sign. Aslan, as penance for posting Renegade Express so late, could you do an impression of the clip I sent you following uh, by reading my sign to Corey? He sent me a clip from the movie Major Pain, which was Damon Wayne's Major Pain. So I, in this cult, in this in this climate, I, I don't want to imitate. Uh, Correct. Yeah, that's a, an, an that, African American actor. That's a that's a good instinct, Aslan. Yeah, it's a good instinct. Fool me once, everybody. <laughs> Fool me twice. Um, the sign says, killing this program is my business, and business is good. Major Kenny Payne. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I, I do like that. Yeah, I do like that. Now, Major Payne was not a great movie no. um, by any stretch, and I used to be a huge Damon Wayans fan when he was on Little League College. He's, I mean, he was so much more talented, in my opinion, than Jim Carrey. I mean, I guess yeah. I was wrong, but holy moly, man, Damon Wayans was the dude. He was the star. He was yeah. awesome. Uh, but, yeah, that movie was not great. Neither was Blank Man. He made some <laughs> bad choices in the early 90s when he was trying to get his movie career. After The Last Boy Scout, he struggled. But, yeah, that's a good sign. I do like that. I do like that sign. It's uh, it's sad that you had to watch them actually win a game and score 100 points. But, you know, what are you going to do? All right, and on the way out, let's come full circle. Let's go to our guy, another Dave, if I'm not mistaken, in Birmingham, our guy, Tennis Ump. Wake up. I love these interviews and getting to meet the new guys. 
so impressive overall, and we are seeing a different level of player from prior years. Question, and I've read this out loud to myself, so I'm going to read it out loud to you as well, Corey, and hopefully you can uh, discern it better than I can. All right. How do you think that one more year of improvement will correspond to both recruits and transfer portal players wanting to come to FSU? Thanks as always, guys. This should be a fun year. I'm thinking it meant correlate. Okay. So read it again with correlate because I forgot the question. How do you think that one more year of improvement will correlate to both recruits and transfer portal players wanting to come to Florida State? I mean, it'll just make it more, right? Like, again, you know, we, we heard, we've we heard a lot from these guys because so many of them were recruited the first time around. How many of these uh, guys are – sorry to interrupt, Corey. How many of these guys are here if Florida State would have gone 9-4 and four last year? Is Earl Little here? Uh, maybe, I know the relationships but, are, were already established, but you hear these guys talk about. Right, we've asked me you know, so walk us through the you know the the transfer experience and why you picked Florida State, and they're all like, yeah, man, like they're they're winning games. They went thirteen. It's funny. I think yeah. only I think Charles Lester said thirteen and one. Everybody else says thirteen and zero, which is kind of cool. I um, like yeah, Charles, get it together. That yeah. one didn't count. That game wasn't a game. But in, in terms of like one more year of improvement, like if if they would have held steady and gone from 10 and three to like another 10 and three year this past year. Um, I know like Earl, they finished set, you know, they finished second Alabama for Earl little, they finished second LSU for Jalen Brown. So maybe they get those guys still, but like maybe Roy Dell Williams, you know, TJ Ferguson, maybe like, you know, Sione, Lola, Hey, maybe like those guys don't come, but when you go 13 and zero, it's like, all right. So if they, if they stack another one of these, I mean, I don't know who they really wanted the portal they missed out on, but it, it hard. I mean, maybe you know, a like KJ Bolden, probably does not feel as strongly of a pull to go to Georgia if you stack another year of a top 20 defense. So I think one more of improvement really does. That gets you into top five firmly high school recruiting. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think like uh, you, you said nine and four. I think nine and four, They if they would have gone nine or ten wins, I feel like they still would have gotten most of these guys because that's two years in a row of being a top 15, top 10-ish program. And you're showing those signs now. If in year four, they would have been five and seven or six and six, yeah, man, I I don't think you're getting many of these guys. You're just not. You you know, I mean, I, I say that. I mean, it all a lot of it does come back to the battle's end. But how much is the battle's end willing to shell out for for results when you're five and seven and six and six? So I think just having good seasons, stacking good seasons on top of each other, does correlate. And now this year, so. This year, we're not expecting 13-0. I'm not saying it can't happen. But if they go 10-3 and this year, if they go 9-4, and that's three, in my opinion, that's three good years in a row. That's three, you know, top 15 finishes in a row. You are one of – you have established yourself as one of – again, you're back as one of the prominent programs in the United States. So, yes, now these high school kids, it's not just a one-year wonder or a two-year fluke. You know, there's been a bunch of – we always make – we always talk about the one-hit wonders – like Chubby Checker, I think he was a one-hit wonder. But then there's two-hit wonders, like Blues Traveler. You know what I mean? Like they had a couple Corey of Hart. hits. Corey Hart, yeah, he had uh, sunglasses at night and Never Surrender. Never Surrender, by the way. Amazing, amazing Great song. jam. That amazing is a track. great jam. Um, but so, you know, two-hit wonders are better than one-hit wonders. Well, now think about a band that has two good albums in a row, that has five hits on. Like, it just you're establishing yourself more as like uh, – a real entity, a real thing. Like, okay, we're not just – I'm not taking a chance here. I know as long as this coach is in Tallahassee, they are going to be a good program. This was not 
a fluke because they got lucky with Jordan Travis and Jared Verse. Because right now you could still see, and I'm not saying this is what happened with K.J. Bolden. In fact, I don't think it did. But K.J. Bolden could look at Florida State and go, yeah, man, but what are they going to be like in 24? They're losing all their good guys. Meanwhile, Georgia's going to be number one in the country, and I'm going to be playing for one of the. I'm going to be playing for the best coach in the country. Well, now let's fast forward a year. Florida State's gone ten and two or nine and three again. So they have now won, what is that? Thirty-two games or thirty-three games in three years, which is probably the third most in the country. Well, now the KJ Bones of the world will say, "Well, Mike Norvell is one of the best coaches in the country." And it's proven. It's established. This is year upon year upon year, especially considering where they were 0-4 in 2021. Now they've won, they've won like 85% of their games since that month, uh, since the September of 2021. Now I can really believe in this program and what it is. And I, Yeah. So I long, long, long-winded way of saying it absolutely will correlate um, with the players, with the players' family members and coaches who are involved in their recruiting process to know – because right now it could still seem fluky, right, from the outside? Right. Like, yeah, he did it with some transfers. He cobbled together a nice transfer list. He got lucky with a kid from Albany in the Louisville transfer from at quarterback. And Keon Coleman. But let's see how good a coach he is now that they're all gone. Well, we'll get to see in 2024. And if they put up another good year, okay, all of a sudden it's not just Jordan Travis and Jared Burst. The, the constant is not those dudes. The constant is the head coach and his staff. And so that's where you, you start real. I mean, I think you could really make inroads even more so with the high school kids. Yeah, man. Caddy, I mean, that's a tough thing, though. One more year of improvement. So, I mean, what is improvement yeah, that, over 13 and 1? No. Yeah, I, I think one more year of improvement in relation to what it was. Like, I, again, I think nine sustained, or ten wins is sustained uh, success. Playoff. Playoff? Can we say playoff? Would that be, well, how about, say how about playoff contention? No, if man. You're, if, if, you're play, if you're playing Florida and you have a chance to make the playoff, in the final week of the season. And maybe you and you win the game, but you still don't get in because the committee hates you. But you're in the conversation. Just be in the conversation, man. Yeah. That's a success. Go win it is much more successful. Go get in the playoff. That's what you want. But being in the conversation, being relevant, staying relevant, That the more you're relevant, the more these kids that are coming up today just know Florida State is a good football program. Like the kids that are Brady's age, the 15-year-olds of the world. When they're 17 – if Florida State's been in the national conversation for five years, Florida State's a, a big, big-time program again. Yeah, if, so. if someone's like, listen, you're you're going to win, like, tw- you're either going to win, you're going to win 12 games in one of these next two years, and you're going to win nine games in the other. I would be like, I want the 12 wins to be 2024. Because yeah. I think, you know, that's three years in a row. And I think at that point, like, you caddy bar the door when it comes to recruiting. Because I, I, don't, I don't think you lose out – on on the L, I mean I guess L J McRae was going to Florida the whole time K J Bullen actually committed to you Jeremiah Smith never was yeah, committed yeah I was to gonna you. say man it's like you, you know, know so, who knows how who knows how recruiting but really I th- works I think one more year of like elite play on the field like you're winning games with D J Uwe Ungalale who was kind of left for dead to a certain degree like you've developed another quarterback you've developed Marvin Jones Jr like you have another top twenty five defense you won twelve games coming off a thirteen win season I think like at that point legitimate doubts listen man if again like, like i agree with Corey. like you know kj bowling like man kirby georgia better track record than mike norvell in florida state the last five years i mean that's i mean that's, that's facts but like another strong year from florida state i i really think those tough decisions no longer as tough for these elite prospects and at that point 
then this thing is shot off to the moon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you're not taking a chance. Yes. I feel like kids that have committed that have been deciding between like Ohio State or Alabama or Florida State the last two years might have thought, man, I'm taking a chance on something that's not established. Well, if you go, if you win 12 games again this year, baby, you're established. Yeah. You are one of the prominent, and I don't know why I said baby. I meant to say buddy, and somehow baby came out, well, which fine. is crazy. I don't, I've never called any. I don't. I don't talk like that. Sure. Oh, you know what it is? I think it's from. Uh, I watched an old Carl Weathers clip when he was on Arrested Development. R.I.P. R.I.P. No, R.I.P. Carl Weathers, but he was great. I know. I don't know if you watched Arrested Development. No, my but he was. That he had a cameo in it where he played this guy that was always just looking for free stuff and handouts and getting free food. It was really. I mean, he played himself. But this weird kind of guy that was always angling for free stuff and free food, yeah. and uh, Jason Bateman tried to throw a, a piece of meat away, like a, a a chicken leg away. He's like, "No, no, give me that. I need that." He goes, "You you take this back home, get some boiling water, throw it in there with some broth, baby. You got a stew going." <laughs> and so that's where I got baby from. That was another <laughs> long-winded story. But yeah, so if they if they win twelve games again this year, and they take the whole perceived maybe fluke factor away. You can't argue that Florida State is one of the five or seven best programs in the United States mm. if they win 12 games again in 24. Well said. All right. We're, Thanks, buddy. Uh, we're not done with the mailbag, but we'll, we'll save some of these and we'll talk about them on Sunday. Again, we'll most likely record the podcast early Sunday afternoon before the, the big game. So this will give us something to talk about uh, in relation to anything else. Um, let me see real quick here. Should probably shout out real quick. Uh, basketball team. We don't. We don't give them too much, too much love, pub. Because whenever we do, they seemingly come back down to earth. But good win on the road the other night against Boston College. Core, yeah or no? Yeah, no. Boston College isn't terrible. They're not a normal Boston College team that's just all god awful. They're they're a pretty good team. And yeah, whether they won or lost that game, the fact that they came out the way they did, and they led the whole game. Like, it came down to the last possession, and if Boston College can get a shot off and hit it, they win it. Um, but win or lose, man, they showed a lot of competitive spirit that you wondered, was that broken in Louisville? Hmm. Um, and it wasn't, it, clearly, because they came out, they, I think they jumped out to like a 19-4 to 4 lead or something, and then hung on because that's what's going to happen. They're not good enough to blow out teams. But, um, but yeah, just the way they guarded, they forced a lot of turnovers. They played. They just played hard again. And I didn't think they necessarily didn't play hard against Louisville. They just played awfully. But in that game, uh, it was good to see them look like themselves again. And maybe Louisville was an anomaly. Now that said, they play red hot Virginia on Saturday at home. It's at least at home. But you know that's going to be. It's the first one to forty is going to win that game because uh, Virginia just plays a brand of basketball that's almost unwatchable. But you know, they, they, they wouldn't be out of the realm. I There, there was a chance after a Louisville, well, I guess after the Louisville loss, it was so bad. Just Not just losing to Louisville, who's the worst team in the conference, but giving up over 100 points is just grotesque. Mm. There's a chance you go off the, you come off the rails with something like that. Yeah. Well, they didn't. They went right back three nights later on the road again um, against a team that's better than Louisville and won and led the whole game, like literally never trailed. Now they won by a point, so it wasn't it wasn't like they dominated or cruised, but they they never trailed in that game on the road after giving up 101 points to Louisville. So I just it, it gives you a little hope about the mindset of the team and the in the the mental strength of the team to not just like last year completely dive bomb, like they had a little fight and a little spirit to to go and play 
go and play hard and play pretty well on the road. Well done, Corey. I was thanks, hoping, man. I did it. I was hoping you you also would stall because I was hoping maybe this game had gone final by the time we recorded this show. But it's it was opening night for the Florida State softball team. Uh, the game is still underway as we talk, though, so I don't I don't want to jinx it either way. But it's a one run game in the sixth inning, so uh, mm. check out WarChant.com to see how that game ended up shaking out. Um, what's going on? Do we need a pitch clock in softball too? It's been two hours. I thought they get these games done in 90 minutes. That was the beauty, the beauty of this sport. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there, but they do need to figure that out. Um, might be. Your guy might be down in Clearwater next week, everybody, at that elite, I think it's the Shriners softball tournament with like UCLA and Stanford and every softball program worth their salt. Um, I might be down there. I might be down there. I might be in Orlando on Saturday. Booster stop, Mike Norvell. Mm. Okay. All I right. might be at neither of them. A lot of possibilities, a <laughs> lot of options. Oh, yeah. So just stay connected to Warchant.com in the meantime, everybody. Who loves you? We'll have a podcast for you on Monday, most likely, though. And in the meantime, Jeff Cameron, Tom Lang doing their thing. Jeff Cameron show, 1 to 3 o'clock. Do check it out. Thumbs up on the way out. Five-star rating review, uh, if you'd be so kind. We would appreciate it. He's Corey Maslow. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to another great week of Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.